it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go, back in action, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting as we always do, from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, a guy who is not lying about the Second Amendment, Joe Biden. Talking to reporters yesterday outside the White House. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And the president said the Second Amendment, your right to bear arms, is not absolute. That is a fact check false. Uh, Any constitutional scholar would agree, but we'll get into the president's latest attempt to blame everybody but the shooter for the tragic killing in Evalde, which occurred a week ago. Uh, it isn't exactly shocking, uh, given that Biden blames everybody but himself for the problems he has caused. Tell him like it is. 888-788-9910. If you want to get back in the huddle after a long holiday weekend. 888-788-9910. You know the deal. You could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat. Just don't be a <laughs> That is all. I hope you guys uh, had some... Quality time off this weekend took time to honor the troops and remember the sacrifice they made so we could enjoy the many freedoms we have in this country. I absolutely got my money's worth uh, over the weekend. A lot of fun time with Jenny Fela and Lincoln Fela. Uh, we even went to see Top Gun Maverick. We did. Uh, we saw it in the theater Saturday night with my mom, uh, Tom Cruise. Uh, getting the band back together in the old F-14. and It was pretty cool, uh, although I will say this. Along the way, we're watching uh, the trailers in the lead up to Top Gun Maverick, and they're playing the trailer for the new Mission Impossible. And I got to be honest with you, man. If we're on our seventh Mission Impossible, meaning they've pulled the mission off the first six times, shouldn't we have a different title? I think he's got a point. How about like Mission Fairly Difficult, but I think we've got a shot at you know what I mean? Mission highly improbable, but you never know. You work hard, couple fortuitous bounces of the ball. The point is, I don't think Mission Impossible is apropos, being we're 6-0 and on the missions so far. Now, if you wanted to take that same term, though, and apply it to something in our society, I would say Mission Impossible is taking Joe Biden seriously at this point because everything that came out of his face yesterday was a bit of a lie. Correct the mundo. It was bad. Uh, And we're going to dive right in on this because the president, as you know, over the weekend, he went down to Evalde, did not go to the border, by the way, which is... 75 miles further south, still no visit to the border. And I know one is not the other. But if we were going to make comparisons, okay, yes, he should go down and console those grieving families in Uvalde. Did he console any of the grieving families out in Waukesha, Wisconsin? The answer would be no. Okay, they were, of course, run over, 42 people run down by a guy driving a car who should not have been out on bail a black man who had posted online extensively about the need to kill white people. But, of course, in the aftermath of that heinous killing, there was no, you know, call for car control. There were no calls of black supremacy in the scourge facing our society. The point is they really only seem to care about these deaths when they're politically viable. 
Now, that being said, I want to stop right there because everybody cares about kids being killed. There's no version of this where I'm willing to say one side of the country is okay with it. The Democrats would tell you that. They'd be like, oh, the NRA, they don't care if kids die. Oh, the Republicans, they don't care about your kids. Democrats are so full of crap. I mean, it's a disgusting thing to put on to somebody. Okay, because we have sat here, especially on this show over the course of the last week, and had, you know, day after day after day of good faith discussions on how we could solve the problem, whether we thought it was some type of increased gun regulation or maybe, I don't know, some additional attention paid to the mental health problem in this country. And I only say that. Why? Because we got video over the weekend that this killer in Evalde, this maniac, driving around in dead cats in a bag, in a bag of dead cats, was known to be hostile and aggressive towards women, had set off every red flag known to man, but no action was taken. And it's an argument a lot of people come back to on the right. We're not saying, hey, we don't care. You know, consequences be damned. We're saying we got a bazillion laws on the books. It would really help if we could start focusing on them, if we could start enforcing them better. Because the same maniac up in Buffalo who shot up the top supermarket should not have had the right to buy a gun. He had triggered several of the state's red flag laws, but unfortunately the law wasn't followed. It wasn't enforced closely enough. Same situation we have down in Texas. The signs are there again and again and again. But again, running against You know, mental health, saying, oh, we've got to clamp down on mental health. We've got to throw more resources into diagnosing this stuff on the front end. You can't really run on that the way you can run as a Democrat on. Republicans don't care about your kids. They just want to arm everybody and they don't care who dies. That's politically viable. And it's not beneath the Democrats because they've been doing it every second since this shooting occurred. So when Biden is out there yesterday talking, it's not exactly a shock to hear him going after the guns again. But the problem we have with Biden in this moment is he doesn't really know what he's talking about. We have two issues with this presidency, okay? One is sometimes he'll say something authoritatively only to have his own White House walk it back. You know, Biden will say like, oh, you know, minor incursion in Ukraine is okay, but anything bigger. And the White House is like, hell no, that's not what we mean. Come on, man. But that's what keeps on happening. You know, well, if. They, you know, China goes into Taiwan. We're going to respond with military force. And then his administration's like, no, no, he doesn't mean that. Come on, man. It happens all the time. So we never know if Biden is speaking for himself. Okay, a good tell that he is speaking for himself is when what he says is confusing and doesn't make sense. Biden's lost his marbles. Okay, which takes me right in on yesterday, which seemed to be a suggestion that, oh, I don't know. We're going to ban nine millimeter guns, which is the most popular handgun sold in this country. And he's trying to make the case that these nine millimeter bullets cause this catastrophic damage. He seemed to be confusing them with the damage caused by AR ammunition, uh, which, again, AR does not stand for assault rifle, as the president and a lot of people on the left continuously tell you. It's just Armalite's the name of the company that made the gun. But they come back to this again and again and again. So Biden and yesterday he starts to talk to you about what? Oh, the Second Amendment. It's not absolute. I got to tell you, man, if you read, if you read the Second Amendment, which I, I memorize it, uh, a well-regulated militia, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. 
the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. That's true. That is true. That's the key. Shall not be infringed. But here is Biden saying, no, it's not absolute. Shall not be infringed sounds pretty absolute to me. But here's Biden again. We don't know if he's speaking for himself. We don't know if this is about to get walked back. But this is where he takes the conversation. It's clip 10. The Constitution, the Second Amendment, was never absolute. You couldn't buy a cannon when the Second Amendment was back. You couldn't go out and purchase a lot of weapons. And those who, not many are saying it anymore, but there was a while there where people were saying that, you know, the tree of liberty is water with the blood of patriots, and what we have to do is have to be able to take on the government when they're wrong. Well, to do that, you need an F-15, you know? You need a Abrams tank. Are you stupid or something? So that's Biden uh, saying the Second Amendment is not absolute. But it's a lot of straw man arguments. Okay, he keeps making this dumb statement about buying a cannon. Oh, when the country was founded, you couldn't buy a cannon. You actually could. Here's Jonathan Turley flat out explaining what we all know to be true. The Washington Post has given Biden four Pinocchios. For his claim that you couldn't buy a cannon again and again and again, he has made this claim. I found 17 fact checks of this claim, including The Washington Post, giving him four Pinocchios for the claim about the cannon. And the reason he keeps making that claim is because he's trying to conflate your Second Amendment rights with hunting. That's why you keep getting the same story about the deer. Well, deer don't wear Kevlar. Why the hell do you need that kind of gun if the deer, you know, they're not wearing the Kevlar? No, no, no. The Second Amendment, again, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Doesn't say a word about hunting. It says a word about self-defense. If you have a tyrannical government that turns against you, you want to be, okay, a well-regulated militia that has the right to bear arms. Okay, you want that in case the government goes full tyranny. Okay, understand, this is a government that just spent a year forcing you not to go to church, not to go to school, not to go to work, literally crushed small businesses, literally crushed the mental health of children. Okay, and they did all of that to a population that was armed. Can you imagine what they would do to you? If you weren't armed, I mean, just think about how tyrannical the past two years have been. And I'm not saying we're supposed to rise up against the government. I'm saying if you took away the arms, you'd find yourself in a position where it was time to rise up, but you couldn't. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Here's Jonathan Turley really quickly saying it was disinformation when Biden keeps giving you that Second Amendment spiel. Clip 11. Today, he repeated a clearly false statement about the history of the Second Amendment. Many of us have repeatedly said that his statement that you could not own a cannon or other weapons when the Second Amendment was ratified is untrue. Even the Washington Post admitted it's untrue. And yet the president keeps on repeating that as a defense for his call for gun control. He's undermining his own case by repeating what is, ironically, disinformation. It's basically what he's saying to Joe Biden is. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. He really is, because he just gets out there again and again and again, and he just keeps peddling that same disinformation. This is an issue for Biden and the Democrats that they know they can run on. Their base doesn't like guns. Okay, their base doesn't like the idea of self-defense. A lot of people on the right do. 
which is why in the aftermath of one of these shootings, they all go in on the NRA, they go in on the legal law-abiding citizens. But the problem with all of these gun arguments, and I'm saying it to you as someone who's bargaining in good faith, okay, I want to help. I don't want this problem to persist. But the Democrats characterize anybody who doesn't agree with them as, oh, you don't care. You don't care what happens to the kids. You don't care what happens to society. What a monster. You believe this guy? Oh, he's the worst. That's how they treat you. But if you wanted to be an adult in the room and have a rational conversation, you need to understand that we cannot take away the rights, no matter what Biden tells you, of the hundreds of millions of law-abiding citizens in this country because there are a couple of maniacs out there. Okay, there are too many maniacs out there, to be clear. I'm not trying to minimize the existence thereof. One is too many. Okay, and sadly, we've got thousands of them. And we need to start confronting that problem head on. Because what we learned in Waukesha, Wisconsin, is if guns go away or guns aren't available, but people want to kill, they kill. Okay, no gun, fine. You run people over with a car. That's what they did. Guy ran over 42 people. Did Biden show up to grieve the 42 people run over in Waukesha, Wisconsin? The answer would be no. Did he call for car control? The answer would be no. Maybe, I don't know, a more thorough examination of people with mental illness that are let out on bail? The answer would be no. No, because they don't care about deaths unless they can exploit them politically. And the sad reality of right now is you could pass some laws and it might be, you know, politically viable for the Democratic Party to say, hey, we've got stricter background checks or we've limited some capacity magazines. But again, okay, that would be in violation of our Second Amendment and a right that shall not be infringed according to the Constitution. But what it wouldn't be is a solution to a problem we're not tackling head on. And anybody who tells you otherwise is lying just like the president. White House girls send Biden to bed early Because he's really old and he's senile he makes up so much crap, the country's worried. He's lying like it's going out style. You can't hide Joe Biden's lies. For a while, they made some he tried. I thought by Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. Fox News Radio On Demand on the Fox News app. Download the app and just click listen. When you swipe left, you can listen to your favorite Fox News talk shows live. Swipe right for the latest Fox News Radio newscasts on demand. Fox News Radio on the Fox News app. Download it today. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a guy you can hang out with this weekend at Fat Cat. It's going to be at Fat Cat's Comedy Club up in Utica. Two shows Friday, three shows Saturday. It is my understanding that there are a handful 
of tickets for the added show Saturday. It's a 5 p.m. show, which is way too early for comedy. But Bill Keeler has a lot of dirt on me from back in my gambling days, so I just got to commit to whatever they throw on the schedule. It's a 5 o'clock show if you want tickets. Fat Cats, K-A-T-Z. Dot com. You can get tickets to that shindig. If you're listening on WVMT up in Vermont, Friday night, June the 17th, we are going to be doing a meet and greet after our show at the Spanked Puppy. And Mikey's going to be there from this show, the producer of the show. You'll never feel better about your own drinking than you will if you hang out with Mikey at a meet and greet. And uh, I know Cal and a whole host of people down in Tampa can attest to that because they were in Ybor City when we were dragging him <laughs> from bar to bar. I mean, some of them we were asked to leave, to be honest. Get him out of here. Get him out. Even Trump, even Mar-a-Lago. They were like, no more Mikey. I kid. Uh, but we're going to be at the Spanked Puppy. That is a real place. It is Friday, June the 17th. So if you're listening on VMT, you're up near Burlington in that area, come hang out. It's going to get rowdy. We're pumped up for that. And I've got a lot of other dates to announce in the coming weeks. But right now, I'm just trying to get everybody into position to have a good, fair, honest conversation about this situa- the gun situation. Here is Chuck Todd. He's on Meet the Press. And uh, he says the Republican Party is being held hostage over a right that does not, absolute right that doesn't exist. This is another guy telling you the Second Amendment's a fleeting thing. This is clip 14. No member of Congress has been voted out of office for being too pro-gun. Not one. So until the majorities who claim they want tougher background checks and to get assault weapons off the street vote like they mean it, we can expect to hear more calls for thoughts and prayers. And that's it. Because this current version of the Republican Party is being held hostage by a vocal minority obsessed with an absolute right that does not exist. You suck, you jackass. Oh, Chuck Todd. Let me explain this to you. And it's such I, this is why we can't make progress on this issue. The Democrats keep trying to convince people that conservatives offer thoughts and prayers as a solution to the problem. Thoughts and prayers are a gesture of empathy. They're a gesture of consideration. We know someone is grieving. Hey, we're thinking of you. We're praying for you. The Democrats try to portray that as our solution, which is insanity. What we're showing in real time is some type of understanding of what they must be going through, whereas the Democrats are like, hey, uh, listen, we know these people are upset. They're crying. They lost their children. But more importantly, We've got a political agenda to push, so let's go. And that's what they do. They weaponize a tragedy committed with weapons. It's actually kind of disgusting. But when they say that the right doesn't exist, Chuck Todd, you're lying. And everybody knows it, you jackass. And now, great moments in presidential history. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you, that you uh, um, like to be able to. Anyway. <laughs> it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Sadly, whenever we play you a great moments in presidential history bit, None of the Joe Biden audio is edited in any way, shape, or form. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. A lot of people feel that way because we just play you actual clips. Remember the clip I played you of him saying kleptocracy? There's like the clip, 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 the 
the guys with the money, the boat, the club, you know, the, the... If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. I don't know that anybody can. But yes, we're having a little bit of a laugh. Why? Because the world's on fire. What we do on this show from time to time is roast some radio marshmallows. We're trying to keep the mood light because the truth is if you come at these issues from a place of calm and reason, you might actually find a solution. You might actually do something productive and work with people who don't necessarily agree with you. Unfortunately, our politics have become like a, it's a, just a bag of cats, just round. Everybody wants to kill each other and get clout on social media for doing it. So we don't have reasoned discussions. If you're a member of the left, it's, you know, everybody on the right is a murderer. And that's why we had the issue we had in Uvalde. It's because the right doesn't care. The blood's on your hands. Jim Acosta. Remember him, Jim Acosta, that little dirtbag? Little three foot seven troll who used to yell at Trump every day at the podium. President Trump, you're literally Hitler. What's that like? You know, it's always those types of questions where he would put it on the person. And he wasn't asking a question so much as he was grandstanding on camera and making a statement. Here he is accosting uh, Judge Philip Journey, who was an NRA board member at their convention in Houston over the weekend. This is clip 17. Isn't some of this blood on the NRA's hands? I really don't believe the supposition of your question is accurate. The NRA and other organizations, even myself as a state senator in Kansas, have worked to tighten the laws. No, 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 sir. These I, laws actually... I, hope, I hope you understand. I'm, I'm going to have to cut you off uh, w- when you start saying things that, that just aren't true. The NRA has not worked to tighten rules. That, that's just not the case. The NRA for years, for decades, has pushed for the most relaxed rules possible in this country, and that's why we have... Mass shooting after mass shooting after. Please, if you could answer the question that I asked you at the beginning of the interview. Isn't this blood on your hands? I'm not the one that pulled the trigger, and neither are the members of the National Rifle Association. I think Buffalo is a great example where the alarms were going off in New York, and all the officials did was hit the snooze button. He could have easily been been, uh, processed through a care and treatment action. He was a danger to himself or others. He'd already threatened a mass shooting prior, and nobody did anything. He's spot on telling you the truth. But you hear how Jim Jim Acosta, they need to blame somebody. So, oh, the NRA's got blood on his hands. It really doesn't. I know that can be inconvenient. We live in such an intellectually lazy time that we want to reduce every one of these societal happenings as the byproduct of one thing. Well, the NRA is bad. So if we just go past some law that says the NRA is bad, this won't happen anymore. Okay, that's what Jim Acosta says flat out. The NRA has worked to relax rules. That's why we have mass shooting after mass shooting after mass shooting. Yeah, the NRA has nothing to do with this. The people who support legal and responsible gun ownership aren't the problem. It's the people who irresponsibly own guns. It's the people who refuse to engage on the lack of enforcement when it comes to existing gun law because it's not politically expedient. Yo, in the aftermath of the Buffalo shooting, which is horrific, 10 people get shot at a Topps market by a lunatic. Okay, we learned immediately that that guy had triggered several of the state's red flag laws, meaning if the existing law was enforced, the shooting doesn't happen. But you can't run on that. You can't run on, hey, slam on the brakes. How do we do a better job of enforcing what we already have? Folks, what we already have would have prevented some of these shootings. Okay, understand what we already have would have prevented the shooting in Evalde. If you know a kid is riding around with bags of dead cats and assaulting women and bragging on social media that he's going to shoot up the school, 
Okay, he shouldn't be able to buy two guns the day he turns 18. There's no Republican that's okay with him buying guns if he's threatening to shoot up a school. That's how we're being portrayed. That's why the conversation has been so impossible. Because we're not starting at a genuine place of good faith. The conversation begins with what you just heard Jim Acosta say. Well, you're all a bunch of murderers. <laughs> That's it. There's no follow-up. Do you feel that there's blood on the NRA's hands? That's what he wants you to that's, – that's, it's not even a question. Like we can't have a, a productive conversation. Hey, you're a murderer. What now? Okay, but you understand they're saying these things. And if you listen to how self-righteous a guy like Jim Acosta is – because they're in the moral superiority business. A lot of people that are extremely liberal, especially those who work in media, they absolutely just – they hate themselves. Like I know them personally. I see them at cocktail parties. Remember, I'm your buddy. I go to the White House Correspondents' Dinner and tell you all about it when I get back because it's fascinating to have one of us in there who's an actual basic human who's not running on this sociopathic operating system where everybody just needs to tell everybody they're great all day. But that's what, you know, the D.C., you know, journalism bubble happens to be. Hey, we're great. We're moral and just. We're self-righteous. We know better than you idiots in the flyover states. That's how they look at the world. That's why blue states are garbage. You know, a lot of like New York, L.A., San Francisco. These are cities that are run by stupid people who think they know better than you. They're like, oh, these idiots in the middle of the country and their affordable houses. I can't believe they don't want to live with me and seven of my friends in a studio apartment where we each chip in three grand a month so we can divide up a 10-foot by 12-foot room. And every time we walk out the front door in the morning to go to work, there's a guy going to the bathroom on the sidewalk. But that is what blue cities are. We have the highest crime rates in the nation. We have the highest rates of filth and poverty. We also happen to have the highest rates of gun violence on the planet which is a little weird because we have the stiffest gun laws. Oh, wow. Really think about that. States like New York, states like Illinois, states like California, where these big cities have the strictest gun laws in the nation. Okay? They have the most gun violence. Over the Memorial Day weekend, we had another massive round of shootings and shooting deaths. Sadly, Okay, more people shot and killed this weekend than were at the Uvalde massacre of a week ago. Okay, and I'm not trying to minimize that massacre. I'm just trying to point out that this is very commonplace, but we don't discuss it as a country unless the type of death is politically viable. Again, Waukesha, Wisconsin. Guy gets all over social media, says we got to start killing white people. I can't believe Kyle Rittenhouse isn't going to jail. The only way society's ever going to start paying attention to the scourge of white supremacy is we start killing white people. And he gets in his car and runs over 42 white people. Crickets. Absolute crickets. Crickets in the media. The media is a bunch of losers. Oh, they really are. Because, again, that doesn't support the narrative. But when the narrative is more important than the people— you wind up in the position we're in now, a position of a major double standard when it comes to violence in this country. And when there's a double standard, there's no standard. OK, liberals love screaming and yelling for more gun control. They love blaming the NRA. They love blaming Republican congressmen. They love blaming people like you who support the Second Amendment because it allows them to hate something instead of hating themselves. I admire your honesty. That was the jackpot of the Trump presidency. They got to get out of bed every day and be like, literally, Hitler. 
orange Cheeto Jesus, worst guy who ever lived. And they could just yell and scream Donald Trump placated an entire cottage industry of people who devoted the entirety of their existence to hating the president so they wouldn't have to look inward at the things they hated about themselves. Okay, now they don't have as much Trump around, so they've got to project it onto you. You're the bad guy in Uvalde, not this psycho shooter, not the people who saw all the obvious signs and didn't do anything about it. No, it's you, the law-abiding gun owner. You should lose your rights because of what he did. That's how they see this. But you understand the reason they can't sell their ideas through any other angle but blame and shame is because their ideas are not supported by fact or reason. Okay, and that's the biggest problem they face is they're running out of, you know, ammo to borrow from a better term when it comes to political public shaming campaigns. You are the murderer. You're a white supremacist. Okay, you're a racist. You don't care if kids die. Okay, reasonable people don't respond well to that because it's garbage. And sadly, over the Memorial Day weekend, all of these deaths that came and went in the inner cities won't be discussed at all because they won't generate any clicks. They won't. It's sad. You know, that's just the reality is when you look at what went on this weekend, I'll give you some numbers. 30 people killed across the weekend due to gun violence. 13 victims in Philly. Chicago had six people killed, 34 others injured. Four shooting deaths in Maryland. We had a gunman open fire in Oklahoma Saturday night, killed one person, injured several others. Uh, Two people fatally shot in Brooklyn during separate incidents. Gunshot fatalities in Tampa, Memphis, Fresno, and Atlanta. But again, you can't run on that stuff. So the Democrats are running on what? We just got to take away your AR-15, which, by the way, wasn't used in any of these shootings. Not one of them, you understand. But that's not where the politics are, and that's why they don't care. So it's a, it's a very – if you're someone who cares and you actually want to see society make its way forward, you want you know better enforcement of existing law. You do want – a more thorough examination when it comes to background checks. But something you need to understand is we can jack the background checks all the way back to kindergarten. You're still only going to be as good as the people who could have been filing reports over those years. So say the background check goes back to kindergarten. Now it goes back to the local judge. Did he do anything in his teens? but possibly have the record expunged because the judge said it was his first defense? Did he do anything in high school that possibly doesn't make it into his file, you know, because he did some work around the school and pitched in and did some volunteer work? Did he do anything in elementary school? It's only as good as the reporting, okay? So we can, yes, call for more scrutiny, but what we've learned time and time again is there are a lot of people that shouldn't be passing background checks as it stands that are passing them anyway, So we do need more scrutiny, but the bigger thing is the obvious glaring elephant in the room is there's a lot of nuts out there, man. There's a lot of crazy people that are indifferent to human life. They've been raised on a screen. They've been taught that no no life matters as much as theirs. They did not live in a world where they, you know, were a part of something more important than themselves, whether we're talking about religion, whether we're talking about patriotism. Both of those things have been removed from the vast majority of lives in this country. Nobody walks around with the belief that they're a part of something more important to them. Now everybody walks around with a phone in their pocket that tells them they're the most important thing in the world. Okay, the greatest generation, the people who went overseas and risked everything and lost everything in a lot of instances to protect our freedoms, all the other heroes we support on Memorial Day, they went out and fought 
on behalf of other people. Okay, we don't have that in this country anymore. Yeah, we've got brave men and women in the military, but the vast majority of the country ain't doing that. Okay, we went from a generation that saved Private Ryan to a generation that complains about having to watch Private Ryan. Not unlike some of the casting, it's not inclusive enough. I don't know if I can watch this Netflix. We're walking out. I mean, that's who we live with now. Fat, spoiled children. That's what most of the country has become. Thankfully, there are good people like yourself who recognize these sacrifices and the need to put country over party. Uh, One of them happens to be a caller to the show. Uh, More of a tweeter than a caller. But Perk is in Easton, Maryland, and we got to get to Perk. Yo, Perk. Hey, Coach, how's it going? Better now, man. Happy birthday, by the way. I saw on Twitter that I missed your birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I celebrated my uh, 21st birthday for a third time. (laughs) Yeah, let me ask you really quick before you make your point, Pearl. When you actually turned 21, because you were a little rowdy like Mm -hmm. me growing up, I, I oh like my 21st birthday was probably the least drunk night of my life because I had probably been drinking for five years by then, not to brag. Yeah, no, I was the other other end. I was leaning up against my car, looking at my best friend's car and asking her, well, where's your car? So, yeah, it was not pretty. <laughs> oh, Perk, it's a long season. Nobody goes undefeated. Um, That's right. Did I hear correctly that so, you went to Arlington yesterday? Sure did. Okay. i tell you what. It was something. It really was. Um, and I highly recommend anybody, they say they get about 3,000 um, visitors a day, mm-hmm. three to 8,000 visitors a day. Everybody's got to go. And I'm telling you, Jimmy, you got to get down there and see the uh, ceremony for the unknown soldiers. Yep. So oh. I got that. I got down there just to look at the, to see the one at uh, noon that Biden was going to put the wreath on mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. And of course he was late mm-hmm. and about 12, 15, this motorcade goes by and people had told me that the president had already gone by. Well, I'm taking a couple of pictures, and I took a picture, and I looked down, and sure enough, it was Jill and Joe Biden. She was giving him a sippy cup. I kid. I kid. I kid. I kid. I kid. But it was very – I'm telling you, it was really very moving, and – you got you got to get a chance to come on down here and see it sometime. Well, I think what people would really benefit from. Uh, I've been down there. I've been there. My my parents took me to D.C. as a kid, so I've been there a few times, and I get okay. it. But like I was raised in Levittown. Everybody was a veteran. Everybody realized right. the country was the only show in town. You ca- we literally cared about the country. Like it is bad yeah. now, Perk, that so much of right. our school curriculum is devoted to telling kids America's awful. You're a bunch of oppressors. You know, you white yep. supremacist maniacs because. It's It's taken away that buy-in. We don't have the same societal buy-in. Like, hey, as America goes, we go. Now everybody's just like, hey, check out my post on Instagram. Like what I said on Facebook. We're living in 330 330 million individual nations. It's not like one or two nations, Republican and Democrat. It's everybody's living in their own nation. Do you see that a little bit? All the time. Unfortunately, all all the time. Hey, one uh, last quick point. Mm -hmm. Did you know that uh, you and Vladimir Putin have something in common? Oh, stop it, Perk. What is it? I'm not, I'm not, you both were cab drivers. <laughs> is that true? It's true. When the Soviet <laughs> Union went uh, belly up for about six to nine months, he was uh, driving a cab around uh, Moscow. You know, double check me. Look it up online. But, yeah, you and Vladimir. <laughs> I'm there pushing the fares, man. I'm going to go out on a limb and say more people ran out on the fare with me than they did with Putin because he probably had a bazooka. <laughs> on the passenger seat or something like that. (laughs) Yo, that's crazy because Putin's a tiny guy. He probably had to sit on the phone book to see over the dashboard. But I love it. 
Yeah, it's true. It's true. Listen, can I just say this, Perk, before I lose you to a commercial break, buddy? I don't mean to be unpatriotic because we just talked about the need to support America, but I'd rather get in a cab driven by Putin than Joe Biden, no? Oh, yeah, because you you would actually get where you're supposed to be going. (laughs) That's what I'm saying, man. Ah, Perk, stellar call. Happy birthday. We'll do it again soon. Quick break. We're back after this. You're riding around with America's cabbie. Taxi! Taxi! You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I think one of the highlights of my holiday weekend would have to be yesterday. I made my debut on The Five. I mean, wow. I always say, like, my career is a drinking story. This drinking story is getting crazy. Uh, You know, doing shows like Tucker and The Five. I mean, that's just absolute bananas. Uh, But if you missed it, we did post a clip of it on the Fox Across America Facebook page. You can go check that out. And we got a lot of Fail-A-Vision coming your way the rest of this week. I'm going to be on America's Newsroom tomorrow. Uh, Thursday, you will see me on the Faulkner Focus with the great Harris Faulkner. Uh, I'm not sure of my primetime TV schedule, but I can tell you that on Friday, we're going to be doing this show live from WIBX in Utica. And then we will be at the Fat Cats Comedy Club Friday night and Saturday night. So get your game face on. And stick around, because in the next hour, country music superstar John Rich is stopping by with a buddy who is running for the State House of Representatives in Tennessee, and they've got all kinds of stories to tell. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. We are fired up. For a big hour of Fox Across America, we're going to be hanging out with country music superstar John Rich and his good buddy Jody Barrett, who is running for the State House of Representatives in the 69th Congressional District of Tennessee. We're going to have a grown-up talk about all things America, uh, one of which happens to be gas prices, which i got to be honest with you. If you're looking at the rhetoric out of the White House over the weekend, Biden sucks. It is not good. Your energy secretary, Jennifer Granholm, led the charge. She was, of course, on CNN uh, and telling everybody who would listen uh, that Biden's doing everything he can to lower gas prices. People aren't buying at CNN, you dumb bastards. No, they're not. They're barely buying gas at this point, as we have now hit a junction where... Wow, we've got over eight states, eight states that are averaging over $5 a gallon. That can't be good. It is bad. It's crushing people. And we're going to discuss it in this hour. It's 888-788-9910. The rules are the same every hour, every day, no matter where we broadcast, whether we're sitting here at the world-famous Fox News headquarters over up at WIBX in Utica this Friday, I'm going to say the same thing. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a <laughs> That is all. And the beep means whatever you want, by the way. People have asked me that at live events. They're like, what are you saying when you play the beep? The beep can be anything you want. It's like the word Smurf. Do you remember when you watched the Smurfs back in the day and they would just use Smurf for anything? Oh, we were Smurfing out in the field with Smurfette or, you know. They just use Smurf for anything they wanted to do. We're, you know, we're we're Smurfing up some Smurf for dinner, you know, something like that. And it was just Smurf was just a be all end all. Well, long story short, Joe Biden 
is smurfing up our economy. I agree with that. He has already smurfed up domestic energy production. I agree with that. And anybody who believes Secretary of Energy Jennifer Granholm uh, is out of their smurfing mind. I agree with that. I'm not lying, man. Let me give you this clip, and we're just going to dive right in. And we're back to one of these situations. When it comes to gas and inflation, Biden has an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal uh, today about the economy and getting everybody employed and getting an economic recovery underway. Biden is focused on jobs. A three-letter word, jobs, J-O-B-S, jobs. <laughs> Never get over that one. <laughs> a three-letter job, a three-letter word, jobs, J-O-B-S. It's four letters, Joe. Uh, but again, economy's never been a strong suit. Uh, arithmetic never been his strong suit. If you're following the socialistic whims of this party, they have really put us in a bad spot, and it is not a crisis of capability. Do you understand Biden ran on what? Declaring war on fossil fuels. Cut the Keystone Energy Pipeline. You guys all know this. Wiped out 10,000 American jobs. Sacrificed them at the altar of environmental virtue signaling. And now the goings-on in Ukraine on the other side of the world are having an adverse impact on energy supply in this country. But the truth is we should never have been in that position because when Biden took office, we were a net exporter, a net exporter. Okay, we were sending out more than we were taking in. We were energy independent. We weren't depending on the rest of the world for our oil supply. Okay, well, now, lo and behold, we are. But they're still using this crisis as an opportunity to push their agenda. Let me give you Jennifer Granholm. The president's obsessed with lowering gas prices. That being said, we should, you know, still think about clean energy. They're always pushing the agenda. Here it is, clip 25. He knows and he's obsessed with the fact that gas prices are so high and people are hurting. And this is a global issue. So what can he do? So you can... Uh, exhort the oil and gas industry to increase supply. You have to, at the same time, accelerate our movement to clean energy. The fact that we are paying these outrageous prices almost is an uh, is an exclamation point on the fact that we need to move to clean energy so that we are not in this position in the future. It's nothing more than white noise coming from the White House. Again, if you can't afford gas, you're calling them outrageous prices. If $5 is outrageous, $5 is outrageous, think about what $57,000 is, which is the average cost of an electric car. If you don't have 5 bucks a gallon, you don't have 57000 bucks for a car. Bingo. Okay, but they keep again and again and again trying to leverage crises. You know, it's no different. It's no different than the gun tragedy. The minute the shooting goes down in Evalde, the minute the shooting goes down in Buffalo, hey, the Republicans, gun control, the NRA, white people, they're the worst. Vote with us. That's what they do. You know, and this is no different. People are literally suffering. People can't afford to fill up their car, man. And not only are you getting hammered at the pump, but you have to understand that you're also paying more for every single item you buy because those excess fuel charges get passed on to the consumer. He knows what he's talking about. So you're not even paying five thirty-five a gallon. That's what I paid in my Bronco. Actually, I'm not even kidding. Me and Jenny drove all over the place yesterday. I had just a glorious day. 
And uh, at the last stop of the day, I filled up at a Sunoco here on Long Island, and I paid five eighty-five a gallon. Five eighty-five a gallon, man. And thankfully, I was able to pay it. But there was a time in my life where I would not have been able to pay it. Like I would have been in a really bad spot. And a lot of people are in that spot now. They're making hard choices. But those hard choices, the pain is the point. That's what Biden is after. That's what Jennifer Granholm is after. This just underscores the need to make the transition to clean energy. But you understand, these environmental wackos think they're saving the world. They have no idea what they're doing. They're crazy. Completely crazy. Do you understand all of the infrastructure for electric cars? First of all, where does that electricity come from? It's got to come from somewhere, no? And when it comes to actually producing these electric cars, all of the infrastructure to do so happens to benefit who? The Chinese economy, where 80% of of these components are coming from. Never mind that we need petroleum to manufacture them. Never mind that China, who is selling us all of this green energy infrastructure, happens to be opening a dozen coal plants a week because they're not doing a damn thing about the environment. They see this environmental issue as an opportunity to get a leg up on the American economy. We'll decimate our economy, our manufacturing base in the name of regulations. While they'll continue to ramp up polluting, they'll sign one non-binding agreement after the other to make it look like they care. That's all we want is appearances. It's all symbolic in Washington. People just want to make their money. And they'll push green energy on you, but that's not an actual solution to your problem. Again, if your buddy says, I'm really having a hard time, haven't been able to get laid in two years, you can't call him up and be like, oh, that's nothing. You should just, you know, shack up with Madonna. Well, that's not an option for your buddy. If he hasn't been able to get a girl in two years, you know, well, Madonna's probably a bad example. Your buddy probably has a shot with Madonna. But the point is there are other celebrities. It wouldn't be – I could have gave you a better example. The point is it's not on the table. That's the point. If five bucks a gallon is out of the question, then you don't have $57,000. Never mind that 80% of this country does not live in a place where they have the capabilities – Okay, in terms of infrastructure to charge an electric car, the charging stations don't exist right now. The car supply doesn't exist. Electric cars are one percent of the vehicles on the road. So if you start telling me, okay, that oh, this is why we got to accelerate to one percent. Okay, let's say we step on the gas, and the whole country goes, "You got me, Biden. We're going all in on the electric starting tomorrow." We can't start tomorrow, nor can we start a year from tomorrow, nor can we start five years from tomorrow. Because if they're only 1% of the, man, of the cars manufactured in this country, that means it's going to be decades before they're 10% of the cars manufactured in this country, let alone 50 or 80 or 90 or 100% of the cars manufactured in this country. So that's them pushing their agenda as a solution to a problem that doesn't affect them. Okay, this indifference is what's killing them at the pump. When you see the polling on Biden and the economy right now, it's horrifying. Like if I was him, I would flat out be horrifying. Okay, he wrote an op-ed in The Wall Street Journal, said, oh, you know, fighting inflation. It's my top economic priority. You're a bald-faced liar. A liar. It's not his top priority. It's his top priority. Stop spending money. Okay, inflation was caused Because we came out of a pandemic and we were poised to let the economy come roaring back. All you needed to do was get the bureaucratic boot off the neck of small businesses. Let everybody reopen. No hiring restrictions such as, oh, I don't know, vaccine mandates. You could utilize natural immunity the way other countries have to greater effect than we have. 
oh, by the way, we don't need enhanced unemployment benefits. That's encouraging people not to work, which ultimately crushed small businesses because it paid people more money to stay home than it did to go to work. That stifled the bounce back of our economy. You understand, Biden inherited an economy that had been artificially shut down because of a pandemic. So we were poised to have explosive growth if all he did was get out of the way. But he didn't get out of the way. They spent a ton of money and it drove inflation. But according to this Gallup Economic Confidence Index, it was measured negative 45 in May, which was down from negative 39 in each of the two months prior. So do you understand our economic confidence under Joe Biden? Is it minus 45? Uh Oh, I'm in trouble. Minus 45. Okay, that's where we are right now, because people don't believe that they are adequately capable of managing this economy, because here's the thing. Right now, we're in a position where you have to choose between one or the other. Okay, the war on domestic energy production has driven up this energy crisis. So you you can't tell me you're going to lower the price of gas unless you're willing to stop fighting, okay, the fossil fuel industry. Absent that, Production is going to be down. Prices are going to be up. Okay, you can't have it both ways in a time of crisis. That's why no one buys what Biden's selling in this moment, because they haven't demonstrated any ability within this White House to stand up to the far left and say, hey, I know you guys are saving the world and you're all a bunch of superheroes, but nobody can afford gas. So you need to take a time out. They can't do that right now because Biden doesn't want to get yelled at on Instagram by AOC. AOC is a dope. She really is, man. And this country is a mess. Okay, so much so that we've got people on the line that are thinking about selling their cars just because it's better off than paying for more gas. Bill's out in Reno. Yo, Bill. Hey, Jimmy, it's Billy out in Reno. How you doing? Love it, Billy. Uh, I love, you know, always good to hear from you. Always good to get some Reno energy on the show. But I don't like this story about selling the car. What's going on here, man? Hey, hey, man, we're glad to see you up in Reno. I called you back then. Yeah, I'm trying to – I'm thinking about getting rid of my car. The thing is I'm I'm, uh, federally disabled. I worked my whole life in my career, Mm -hmm. and I'm still working in it. But, um, you know, had a ton of back surgeries. Can't do it, and the uh, car payment's killing me. The gas up here is five, you know, five eighty three. I think right now. Gosh, that's so, crazy. Yeah, that car payment's killing me. I should just use all the quote public transportation we have here. That's not the greatest. <laughs> and I was going to say, if you're if you're in a situation with a bad back, how accessible is that public transportation to begin with? Well, it, it's thankfully I'm you know I can walk and all yeah, that still, but waiting on it. And and because of the quote pandemic and all everybody not working, mm-hmm. the bus schedule went to an hour now. Every hour you get a bus instead of every half hour. Not sure that's totally correct, so mm-hmm. I may be corrected, but yeah. that's the last I heard. You well, know? No, it's terrible, man. And, and when they push things like, oh, you know, you've got to change your lifestyle, none of them are changing your lifestyle, number one. Right. Okay. Then they're not giving up gas. They're not giving up anything. But the other thing is, yeah. too, like public transportation, where I live in New York, it isn't actually mm-hmm. safe. Like, you go on the subway, Billy. You're, I mean, you understand. Like, if you don't have a good jab and you don't know how yeah. to dodge, you know, some guy swinging a right. screwdriver or some pantless wino trying to tackle you, not to mention we've had a rash of subway shootings here in New York, people pushed in front of the trains in New York. There are really basic things Biden could do to help the country right now. You know, one would be obviously increased domestic energy production because that's going to drive the price down. And two would just be crime. 
You know, it's really hard for businesses to flourish if people are scared to go shopping because they think they're going to get mugged, you know. But those are the two core components in this country is if you worked on the economy and you worked on crime, we'd have a fighting chance instead of just a fight every time we got onto the subway. You know what I'm saying? Amen. I hear you. Well, listen, I'm working on another trip out to Reno. Yeah, well, you keep playing good ball. I'll see you out there. Be well. Uh, Bottom line, and Billy scores it, you know, the best. We're at a point now where people are choosing between filling up their car or just filling out a for sale sign and moving product because no one can pay for gas anymore and the president doesn't care. Well, I filled up Sunday morning with no way to pay for gas that didn't hurt. And I skipped another breakfast Cause it cost a hundred bucks To get to work When I started up my pickup Off I go to spend an extra day at work Biden's caused inflation everywhere And things get more expensive every day On a Sunday morning side job I'm wishing, oh, that I was home But I'm working on a Sunday To pay for gas so I can roam And it's so expensive driving But we all need to get around So I'm working on a Sunday Till the gas price starts coming down You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, country music superstar John Rich, joining us in the next break. With batting leadoff, a superstar in his own right, Landon is in College Station, Texas. Yo, Landon. How are you again, Jimmy? You know what? I'm good. Uh, it, it, was a, it was a bit of a weekend, Landon. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty sure I've sobered up since yesterday, but no promises. <laughs> well, the- at least you're doing good. Uh, yeah. Are, well, so. the nice thing about our show, Landon, is no one would know the difference. If I was still bombed from my family barbecue, the show would sound like it always sounds. So that's the one trick. That's the one ruse we get over on. But really quick, I got you for about a minute and 10 seconds. What are you paying for gas out there in College Station? So right now we are just around 420 I'd say I just paid. Um, it, it, it changes pretty drastically. Um, yeah. But usually around the 420, 430 range right now, um, which to me is crazy. Um, I did live in California probably uh, back in 2010 when I was in the military, uh, and we were paying, you know, $5 back then. So just, I mean, now it's just insane. Um, But, yeah, you you just got to do what you got to do, you know. And uh, I was laughing a little because uh, I did sell one of my vehicles because of the gas prices. Uh, 100% sold it to Carvana and uh, got rid of it. (laughs) 
<laughs> wow, that's nuts. But I mean, I get it though. I mean, it's it's just that expensive. Yo, I paid five eighty five yesterday. Five eighty five. I mean, that's out. That's outrageous. That's you know, and uh, it didn't you know didn't come with anything. You just got the gallon of gas. I mean, for five eighty five, I'm assuming they're side dishes. But no, that's a la carte. That is a it is a pricey menu. Uh, but I, go ahead. Is about the same price. It's coming up to the point where you're going to be paying the price for milk as you are for gas. <laughs> there you go, Landon. It'll be cheaper. So crazy. Back after this with John Rich. It is the high flying death defying Fox across America with Jimmy Fallon. Very fired up for this next segment, and I'll explain why in a second. We've got two guests joining us now. One, of course, is a country music superstar that you're all very familiar with. The other, uh, candidate for the state house district in the 69th congressional district of Tennessee, someone you will be familiar with, John Rich and Jody Barrett are here. Yo, fellas. How you doing, Jimmy? Now, I'm great, and I just, Jody Barrett, you need to know this. We have always thought that John Rich's interviews should come with a chaperone. So this is a big day for us. <laughs> well, I, I wish I still had my leash to keep him in check, but uh, I gave that up a long time ago. <laughs> we we were trying to get a shock collar for a while, but it doesn't work over the phone because there's too much distance. Uh, but it's good to have you both back on the show. And, John, I assume you're good. You're not cooking on that egg of yours right now, are you? No, but I did just get through mowing some grass. Oh, so, yeah, uh, hey. I'm a busy guy, Jimmy. You know, I, we we don't sit around here in Tennessee. No, you do not. And uh, it is my understanding that you're now up and about uh, helping Jody uh, run for the 69th Congressional District, that seat. Uh, Jody, let me ask you this really quick, because I just want everybody knows John really well on this show uh, and they love him. Personally, I don't see it. But again, let's not get sidetracked. Uh, I kid, I kid. And thank you for being a sport. But Jody, you were born and raised in the 69th District. Is that true? That's right. Yep. Born in Hickman County, raised in Dixon County. So uh, other than going off to college and law school, I've, I've pretty much lived in this district my entire life. Wow. That's fa- no, it's fascinating. I was reading your whole bio and like certain things just jump out at me. Like one of the things I read is that your mom was driving tour buses at one point for bands. Is that a thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the late 70s, my mom was driving tour buses for groups like Manhattan Transfer and uh, Kenny Rogers and some other folks out of Nashville. Uh, fun fact that uh, the first time I went to Disney World, uh, I got to ride on the shoulders of Bootsy Collins uh, <laughs> as he walked all through the Magic Kingdom. Wow. You are. Uh, how old were you for that? Uh, probably three. Wow. So that was your first contact high. Yeah, right. Exactly. A lot, a lot of stuff that happened on the bus that we don't talk about. <laughs> well, listen, Disney World has uh, come a long way now. The, the rides are now called Snow White and the Seven Genders. I'm sure you saw that. And, and oh, I'm sure I'm sure we're going to see all sorts of wonderful, great changes at the, the Magic Kingdom coming up over the next decade. Oh, man, I know. I keep telling them nobody wants to go on a ride called Peter Pan Sexual. But uh, here we are. <laughs> Not it's, my idea of a good time. No. Well, I bring this up. It's a perfect segue because, you know, uh, like, like the great John Rich, okay, you are somebody, from what I was reading, that wasn't politically active most of your life, but you've seen this extreme leftward movement in this country, and it's kind of called you into action. Is that how we got to where we are? 
Yeah, very much so. I mean, you know, most of us in in life start off tr- just trying to build a career, and you keep your head down, uh, nose to the grindstone, and and try to keep a low profile, do whatever you can to to build your little nest egg. And eventually, we get to the point where you know things are going on around us, and we can't ignore it anymore, and we just feel like we we have to stand up and do something. Yep. And I feel like a lot of people find that themselves in that position now because it's just basic American values that are just now under attack. And a lot of people who are otherwise just decent, God-fearing people are now being called their white supremacist and they're racist and homophobe and everything in between. And it, it, it's, it's sad, but this is what our country has come to. I feel like for a lot of people now, it's more important uh, to root for their party than it is to root for their country. And I think that's how we got as unmoored as we are. And uh, there's just so much money being made off the bashing of America. But, John Rich, I mean, you have a whole Fox Nation show called The Pursuit about the things that make life here better than anywhere else. How are so many people just, like, taking their eye off that ball? Because we've all hit the lottery by virtue of the fact that we live here. Well, it's a great question. Uh, I think I think many decades have been, have been dedicated by the other side to, to brainwash young people into thinking that America is not a great place, into thinking that America is not not the, the greatest hope for the world, but that's a lie. So they believe a lie. And the thing about Jody is, listen, I've known Jody my entire adult life. We met my senior year in high school. I've watched this guy build a family, build a business, and he's exactly right. He's a, he's a quiet guy. He just works really hard. But as we were talking one day and I said, Jody, even in the conservative state of Tennessee, look at the things that are going on, especially in our schools and with our kids. And Jody said, I'm right there with you, man. I said, we need people to stand up and go forward and move. And Jody goes, you know what? I think I'm going to do it. I said, you're going to do what? He goes, I think I'm going to run for my district. And how important is it for Americans right now to, to run on state and local levels? We cannot trust the federal government we don't want the federal government coming into our counties and our towns shoving us around we have to take some authority at the local level and so for jody to step out of the private sector never been a politician and go out here and and do this job he's a patriot that's called citizen government man that is to be commended he has my full endorsement We're going to put a great guy into the seat here in Tennessee. I'm fired up, Jody. All of that stuff is great and necessary. And to be clear, Jody, I would run too, but I would never pass the background check. (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny. I I have John to to vouch for me, so hopefully I I don't need to have uh, much more than that. (laughs) It's funny. No, I think think you'll be okay. Really quick, we got John Rich on. Jody's the one. Well, Jody, listen, Jimmy, Jody's the one that always got me out of trouble. Now, if you want to start, you want to start looking at at my trouble. Oh, I've raised all kinds of hell for many years, but Jody's actually one of those normal good guys. I try to keep a few of those as friends. They uh, they keep me in line. Yeah, it's a great point. So, Jody, you're the guy. Really quick, you're the guy that like my wife would want me hanging out with. You know, we all we all keep a few of those on the roster. You're like, oh, Jody's going to be there. It's fine. But then we have those other friends, you know, so it's, it's good to know where you stand in the in the you know, in the rankings, Jody. That's good to know as well. Um, <laughs> Jim, I'll, t- I'll tell you this real quick. So people have asked me why I want to go to the, what I want to accomplish when I go to the state legislature. And it's funny, it's not too different than what I've done for John for a long time. I just want to be the guy in the room that raises his hand and says, Hey, why are we doing this? And do we need to do this? (laughs) Perfect. 
<laughs> well, the truth is, though, if you're saying that to John, why are we doing this? There might not be a good reason, but do we need to do this is always a yes, right, John? <laughs> of course, man. you got to go have some fun. But uh, <laughs> listen, again, just on one last note, and I know you got to let us go, but it is. I'm so proud of this guy, Jimmy, for stepping up and doing this. Um, state and local politics. We yep. see parents running for school board positions, local county positions. These are the things we did not pay attention to mm-hmm. for the past several decades and how they've managed to get such an arm bar on us as a society. This is part of the process of taking back the power. I, I agree. And do you guys think collectively, I'll ask you both, I guess, they kind of poked the bear here. Because a lot of parents, a lot of people were asleep at the local level. I think school boards would be a good example of that. And now we realize how they've had such a monopoly on education and on what was being taught to our kids. And, you know, thankfully, we've finally woken up. Um, do you, I mean, is it, I guess it's your hope then that the rest of the country feels the same way. Do you see this? Because, John, you travel. Are you seeing this in places beyond the 69th District? I see it everywhere. It's funny. I, I do. Uh, I just did a concert in Indiana this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Thousands of people at this show. We do a meet and greet. They don't even want to talk about music. They want to talk about the country. They want to talk about the fight that they see us out there waging. And listen, they have the same voices. They just can't get as loud and talk to as many people. Mm-hmm. But they feel the same way. And this is now bleeding over into the Democrat side as well, where people are going, I'm a Democrat, but I cannot support that. Yeah. And I think that's what you're seeing starting to turn. And I'll turn it over to Jody for anything he'd like to finish with. Just yep. know how proud I am of this guy. This is what we need to see more of in our country. I, I, I yeah, agree. Look, yeah, go ahead. Jim, Jim, I would say on that question, what we've seen, you know, out of tragedy sometimes, we, we've got to find silver linings. And, and clearly a lot of lives lost over the last couple of years with this pandemic and stuff that we've been dealing with. But the one thing that, that COVID has enabled us to do as a society and as a country with with kids being at home and parents being at home with them, that's I, what I think has really opened the eyes of parents in America to see what's going on in our school systems because they're finally sitting there listening to their kids do their in-house or their in-home education and they're hearing what teachers are saying. They're looking at the materials and they're going, what in the heck is going on here and where did this stuff come from? And you're exactly right. They've they've awoken the sleeping beast. They they have. Well, listen, we're we're fired up, man. I'll I'll we'll come down there and, and hang out at a campaign event and get rowdy. Um we, uh, uh, you know, everybody on this show that listens to this show that calls in is in on the joke. Like, if you just leave America alone, it's the greatest source of good. You know, we're the rich kids on the block when you compare us to the rest of the world. We're the most prosperous people on the planet. And there's been such a war on that reality that if we can just get the conversation back to an honest footing, everybody listening, no, no matter what their political ideology is, everybody would benefit, you know, if, if we just got back to appreciating America. So if you can do that alone. Uh, my hat is off to you uh, and hand out plenty of redneck Riviera whiskey because I know that helps very convincingly with when it comes to sharing ideas. <laughs> I've gotten a lot of work done on the back of that redneck Riviera is all I'm saying, Jody. Hey, if anytime we can loosen people up, that's a good thing. Thank you. Make America drink again. I've just coined your slogan. <laughs> now get out there and campaign. I love you guys. Good luck and let's do it again soon. OK. Thank you, Jimmy. Thanks, fellas. Yeah, Have thanks, a great day. Yeah, thanks for having us on. You got it, John. You got it, Jody. I'll see you soon. Uh, there they go. The great John Rich, Jody Barrett, candidate for the state house district 69 down in Tennessee. Uh, and, you know, you show is obviously on all over the country and all over the world. So from time to time, we focus on local races. But one of the reasons why we do 
is not just because John Rich is a country music megastar who calls me up and says, hey, I'm putting my buddy on your show, because uh, we don't actually roll that way. Uh, it's because I, I've realized over the course of the last two years, it's something that he kind of alluded to about the lockdowns and about how so many of the things in this country that we have given up have been given up in the name of convenience. You know, that's been, I think, the biggest casualty of the digital era, of the smartphone era is that we've gotten so married to convenience that a lot of times we just eschew things that we should be engaging in like political discourse because it's inconvenient. You know, when you can get your food here in 30 minutes or it's free, you can get your clothes here the next day if you want them, anything you want to buy, they'll deliver it right to your house. I mean, we now live in an age where people buy cars without seeing them, which sounds psychotic if you just went back five or 10 years earlier. Who the hell's laying out 30 or 40 grand and never even seeing the vehicle? But we're there now because it's convenient, because we have oversights that we can check online and we trust the legitimacy of that verification status. But the point is we've gotten so used to convenience that it's now just easier to avoid political discourse, political engagement on issues of substance than it is to actually take the 10 minutes and talk to somebody who goes, yeah, but I see where you're coming from. However, what we're doing now instead is, well, screw you. Well, you're a racist. Well, you're a commie who just wants to destroy the country from within. And so many of these attack lines that are based on what? Just the worst possible depiction of the people who vote differently than you have made it impossible to engage, have made it impossible to compromise. People can't compromise anymore because they're being told, well, how could you work with the Republicans? They're a bunch of white supremacists. How do you go back to your constituents and say, hey, I cut a deal with the white supremacists? No differently than, you know, for calling the Democrats a bunch of commie lunatics. It's hard to say, hey, I gave the commie lunatics half of what they wanted, because then you look crazy. But if you could just get back to a place of civil discourse, and a lot of people like Jody Barrett understand it. I was reading his site I saw that he was, you know, campaigning with John Rich, who's a good friend of the show. And I was like, hey, man, just kind of come on and tell your story if you'll do it. Because the thing is, there are people out there who want to be in government who don't want to be in government for the clicks. They want to be in government because they are in on the joke that they hit the lottery by virtue of the fact that they live here and that we're letting that precious thing slip away because we're too busy slandering the other side in the name of convenience to actually have that constructive conversation that might solve an issue. I mean, think of the gun issue right now in a post-Uvalde world. The Democrats want you to believe the NRA is responsible and any right-wing person who supports the Second Amendment is responsible. They don't want to talk about the shooter. It's more important to weaponize what went on politically for more gun control, for more regulation, for more government involvement in our lives. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. One hundred percent. Okay, what makes this country great is not the federal concentration of power. It's the fact that the federal government was supposed to stay out of our lives as much as humanly possible. That's why we went to war and beat up the Brits. Because we wanted limited government. Okay, that doesn't make us bad people. That doesn't make our founding fathers awful. By the standards of the day they lived in, they were the best people on the planet. And you could say, oh, how could you say that? They had slavery and women couldn't vote. Yes, so did everybody else at the time. That doesn't make it okay. 
but no country has done more to make it okay. We fought a civil war where a half a million people died in the name of ending slavery. Oh, by the way, the vast, vast majority of them were white people, just like the civil rights movement came to be because enough white people were out there willing to fight and protest and get arrested and in some instances die to make a more level playing field. Well, lo and behold, all these years later, we have the most level playing field in the world. But some people are getting rich by telling you that America in 2022 is America in 1822. Thankfully, there are enough people like Jody Barrett who know that's not true and have basically decided to say, We're not going to sit here and listen to you bad mouth the United States of America. The show not afraid to call out both sides of the aisle. He's the other side's worst nightmare. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We got Miranda Devine coming up in the next hour. More revelations out of the Hunter Biden laptop story. Hunter's a dirtbag. Well, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. It looks like Uncle Jim Biden uh, is the subject of a story coming out later this week from the Washington Post. Yes, the Washington Post, who told you in the run up to the 2020 election that the Hunter Biden laptop story was Russian disinformation. Now that the election's over, not only admitting it's real, but taking a look at Uncle Jim Biden. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. Think about that. When there was an election to win, oh, no, it's Russian disinformation. You understand, we can't talk about this. It's garbage. No, no way. Can't report on this. Can't share it. Okay, but now that the election's over, they're all in on Hunter Biden. And I'm going to explain why in the next hour. You know, I always say I own a politics to English dictionary. And I can translate what politicians say into plain English that people like you and me can understand. Well, my heightened sense of superpower now, because I've worked in the media for a couple of years, is I absolutely have a corresponding media to English dictionary. And with the midterm elections looming and, of course, the 2024 election just beyond that, the media has itself to think about in this moment. And I'll explain what I mean by that in the next hour, because there's something fascinating going on in Washington as it pertains to the media that got Joe Biden elected, the media that wants to help whoever succeeds him get elected, but the media understanding in order to do that, there's no way they can stay on Joe Biden's side from here until Election Day, because saying that Biden knows what he's doing discredits whatever they're reporting on. If you go out there with inflation at a 40-year high, the border out of control, nobody can afford gas, we're a shortage of baby formula, and tell people, no, no, Biden knows what he's doing. You know, I don't understand. This guy's on top of it. They'll be like, sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It's a big hour of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Miranda Devine back in the house. She's, of course, a superstar columnist for the New York Post, someone who wrote the best selling book, Laptop from Hell. Well, she's stopping by to discuss new reports 
that Jim Biden, James Biden, if you will, was the fixer that made the inner circle and the international shakedown operation being run by Hunter kick 10 percent of the profits back to your current president. Are you the big man, Joe? All of Hunter Biden's business partners said yes. So we're going to discuss it in this hour because there's a desperate move going on in Washington right now where everybody associated with Hunter and associated with Joe Biden are starting to create a chain of custody issue when it comes to the Hunter Biden laptop. Meaning if you've been following this story, and I'm going to get in on it quickly here for a minute, only because, you know, if the president's compromised, we're all compromised. Now, I don't know that the president is compromised, but I do know that everything he's doing on the world stage is putting uh, the American citizen second, sometimes third, sometimes even worse than that. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America last. I mean, a lot of people feel that way. We just spent $40 billion on the war in Ukraine at a time when Americans are really suffering economically. People can't pay for gas. People can't pay for groceries. There's a baby food, you know, there's a baby formula shortage. As much as people want to help Ukraine, it does seem like we're taking a little bit of a back seat. Now, it's worth pointing out that when Joe Biden was the vice president of the United States, his son Hunter happened to be making a ton of money in Ukraine, happened to help Ukrainian power companies by sitting on the board despite having zero qualification to do so in their efforts to make energy deals with this country. Hunter Biden was a go-between between the United States government in some instances by granting people access to his father and countries that were out there trying to do business in America. To what extent, we don't fully know. But we do understand that if this was a Trump kid, obviously the entire media class would be all over this story. It'd be the only thing they were talking about. And it's almost lazy at this point you know, to acknowledge the double standard that exists in media. But sometimes you have to because people on the left who think the media is helping them by being as overwhelmingly liberal as they are, you need to understand that they're not helping you. They're hurting you. The media's job is to hold people in power accountable. When they're not doing their job, we all suffer as a consequence. Correct the mundo. I mean, we're all suffering right now because the Hunter Biden story, if you look at the exit polling, 15 percent of Biden's voters would have changed their vote if they knew just how involved this Hunter Biden story was. When you hear 15% of their voters, you know, voters would have swung their vote. You understand, that's an election that was decided by about 50,000 votes. That 15% would constitute 12 or 13 million votes. We're talking about 12 or 13 million people would have changed their vote for Joe Biden if they knew the extent of his son's corruption and Biden's involvement thereof. Okay, but that didn't happen because the media buried the story. Now, the same media that buried the story is starting to show a little bit of interest in the story. And in essence, Joe Biden is finding out the same lesson that was learned by my former governor, Hansi Andy Cuomo. Andy! Andy! Do you remember he was the greatest guy in the world in the run-up to the 2020 election? They were building him up as a means of tearing down Trump. Everybody told you he was the gold standard. He was the best. Even Biden called Andrew Cuomo the gold standard. And the answer is, I, I don't fully know. We've been leaving it to the governors. Thank God the governors have been moving. Your governor in New York's done one hell of a job. He, I think he's, he's sort of the gold standard. You ought to be ashamed of Secretary. yourself. Think about that. Biden called Andrew Cuomo the gold standard. 
So did everybody in Hollywood and everybody in the media in the run-up to the election. They were like, oh, this is the greatest guy in the world. Congratulations, Andrew, on your much-deserved Founders Award. Governor Andrew Cuomo, you are the man. What? In the darkest stage of the pandemic, your daily briefings live from New York gave us hope, gave us clarity, gave us the truth, and gave us something that we were not getting from Washington, leadership. In the midst of this storm, Andrew Cuomo became the nation's governor. People across the country tuned into his press conferences every day. Daily I was watching his press conferences, informing us, telling us what to do. You did your thing during COVID. New York was suffering. We were the epicenter. We were all in a crisis, in a panic, and every single day, you came on the airwaves and you offered your strength, your leadership, and your direction, and your caring, and your heart. You are the epitome of New York tough. I'm surrounded by idiots. Now you understand, in the run-up to the election, all of those people, Cuomo, you're the man. Cuomo, you're the best. You know what Cuomo was doing in the summer of 2020? He had signed an executive order mandating that nursing homes populated with the most vulnerable members of our society have to take in infected coronavirus patients returning from the hospital. That's stupid. Use your common sense. And understand this. He then misled the public and wrote down the nursing home death toll from his disastrous executive order. So he could get a book deal. He wrote a self-congratulatory book about beating the coronavirus in the summer of 2021. Do you understand? This is a guy who dumped the Gatorade on himself at halftime of a game he wasn't even winning. That was Andrew Cuomo, our dirtbag former governor here in New York. But the same media that built him up in the run-up to the election because they wanted to contrast his style with Donald Trump ran him right out of town the minute they won the election. That's just how white folks will do you. Andrew Cuomo. They were like, oh, this guy, by the way, didn't have the best office etiquette and uh, apparently did not have the best office etiquette. You ever seen a grown man naked? And they cared about that once the election was over. And I bring this point up because Joe Biden, okay, was in a really shady situation as it pertains to his son, Hunter. And Biden had told us what in the run up to the election? Oh, it's Russian disinformation. Oh, I never met my son's business partners. I never talked to my son about his business. That's what he told you with a straight face. You're a bald-faced liar. A liar. No question. No doubt about it. He was lying. Why? Because we have all the photos of Biden meeting with Hunter's business partners at Cafe Milano there in D.C. We have all of the emails now corroborated by Hunter Biden's business partners that not only say Joe Biden was meeting with these people, but was getting a 10% kickback of all the money that Hunter was a part of. Okay, you understand, if this is a normal media that isn't concerned with just winning elections, they would have shown a lot of intellectual curiosity in the run-up to the 2020 election, but instead they swept it under the rug because it was more important for the Democrats to come out ahead than it was for America to come out ahead. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. But what's going on now is the Washington Post has a story coming out about Jim Biden, about James Biden and his involvement with the family business and how people were getting shook down. And there is a minimal effort being made in the media at this late hour to start subjecting the Hunter situation to some scrutiny. Why? Because like they did with Hansi Andy Cuomo before them. Andy! Andy! They're starting to realize they're going to need to distance themselves from Joe Biden 
if, in fact, the media wants to have any influence in the next two elections. We're talking about the midterms, 2022, and, of course, the presidential election in 2024, where no person in their right mind thinks Joe Biden's running again. The media knows that. And once that reality has set in, he becomes expendable. They don't need him to win the next election. Joe Biden right now is polling historically low. Okay, according to the latest economic data out from Gallup, we read some of it earlier in the show, just 14 percent of Americans, just 14 percent think the economy is in good shape. Fourteen percent think the economy is in good shape. And scientists have a word for those 14 percent. They're called morons. Okay, inflation's at a 40 year high. The price of gas is out of control. Okay, Biden's not doing a good job. You know, when they say you are what your record says you are. You know, the thing people like to do on social media is you post a criticism of Biden. They're like, yeah, but Trump, Trump's the, he's the worst. You know, January 6th. Yeah, Trump. OK, listen, Trump said plenty of crazy things, but we didn't have the inflation problem under Trump. We didn't have the gas problem under Trump. We didn't have the border problem under Trump. Do you understand? We didn't have a baby formula shortage under Trump. And we weren't sending our money all over the world at a time when Americans were suffering at home because Trump was truly running on an America first agenda. It is unequivocal that we were better off under Donald Trump than we are under Joe Biden. And you can't even make the case that, oh, but Trump's covid messaging was so erratic because here's the thing. His covid messaging was erratic. But Joe Biden inherited not one, not two, but three vaccines and has presided over twice as many covid deaths as Donald Trump, twice as many. Not the same amount, not a little bit more. He's presided over twice as many COVID deaths as Donald Trump. The guy who ran for office on what? We got to get Trump out of there. He doesn't know what he's doing with COVID. We've got to get Biden. Biden knows what he's doing with COVID. We've got to get him in there. And the same Biden, okay, the same Biden who spent the whole campaign, you know, trail trashing the vaccine, got into office and said, get the vaccine or you're fired. Biden sucks. And make no mistake about it. He and Kamala trashed the vaccine. Let's just say there's a vaccine that is approved and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? Well, I think that's going to be an issue for all of us. If and when the vaccine comes, it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot? You can be the first one to say, put me, sign me up. They now say it's okay. And the question of whether it's real when it's there, that requires enormous transparency. You've got to make all of it available to other experts across the nation so they can look and see. So there's consensus this is a safe vaccine. If the president announced tomorrow we have a vaccine, would you take it? Only if it was completely transparent that other experts in the country could look at it. Only if we knew all of what went into it. If Donald Trump can't give answers and administration can't give answers to these three questions, the American people should not have confidence. But if Donald Trump tells us I should t- that we should take it, I'm not taking it. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha ha! Do you understand? This guy who spent the whole campaign. No, no, this is garbage, this vaccine. What are you, nuts? They made it sound like Trump and Barron were making it for the school science fair. Like they didn't want to do the traditional baking soda volcano. Ah, we're the Trumps. We go big. We're making a vaccine. Not now, Melania. We're making a vaccine. Out of the way. That's how they depicted it during the election. And then the minute they won the election, they're like, oh, we got to take the vaccine. Woo. And the media never called them out on it. They weren't like, hey, 
Weren't you just bashing this a week ago? Weren't you saying it was like bug juice and no one should put it in their body because it wasn't going to go through the proper protocols? The answer is yes, but no one called out that double standard. And what the hard lesson Biden is learning now with the scrutiny, and there, there really are, to some extent, some outlets like the Washington Post, who, again, went out of their way to kill the Hunter Biden story, are now revisiting the Hunter Biden story at a time when a Hollywood uh, producer an entertainment lawyer gave Hunter two million bucks to pay off his outstanding tax debts to the government so he in return could have Hunter Biden access full time. And they're now trying to create this narrative that, well, the problem with the Hunter Biden story is, uh, you know, it's the chain of custody of that laptop. Who knows who had his hands on it when? We're not sure. And they're trying to revisit the story and make you concerned over whose hands the laptop happened to be in. But the one thing they're not acknowledging, do you understand? is that the content of the emails themselves have been corroborated by our director of national intelligence, have been corroborated by the FBI, have been corroborated by all of Hunter's business partners. Okay, so the fact that Team Biden is just trying to cast aspersions on the chain of custody, but they're not actually disputing the veracity of any of these claims of Hunter shaking down governments and Biden getting a kickback is why places like the Washington Post are starting to see an opportunity to restore some of their lost credibility. They're saying, hey, Biden's never running again. He's so historically unpopular. It's not going to help us to defend a guy who's polling behind ISIS at this point. We might as well go out and subject this story to additional scrutiny, and that's what they're doing. And Biden is learning the same hard lesson Hansi Andy Cuomo you know, learned. Okay, He is a full-time idiot but they're only hiring part-time. So in the run-up to the election, you do anything you want. You know those old cheat codes in Nintendo where you have unlimited lives, you can't die, no matter how many stupid decisions you make with Mario, run right into a turtle, jump, jump right down a mine shaft. No matter what you do, you're going to be fine because you have unlimited lives. That really is the way it works for a Democratic politician in the run-up to the election. But if the election comes and goes, you're not doing a good job, but they need to sell more garbage for the next election. You no longer have unlimited lives. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fired up. We're hitting the road this week. We're going up to Fat Cats in Utica. Going to be doing the show live from WIBX this coming Friday. Then Friday night, we've got a 7 o'clock and a 9.15 show. Both of them are sold out. But if you're listening on IBX, uh, we do know there are a handful of tickets, from what I was told, available for the 5 p.m. show on Saturday. So if you're in the hood, uh, you want to come hang out with your radio buddy, you will love, you will absolutely love the Fox Across America crowd. If there was one thing we established last week in the three days, we took nothing but phone calls last Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You guys carried the whole show. Our crowd is really smart and really funny. 
and it's a cool thing to be a part of. I can tell you as the host, it's amazing to actually show up to an event and be surrounded by all of these cool people that actually listen to your show. That's like nuts. You know, that means we're actually doing the thing we say we're doing, which is being the cool, fun people. And uh, it's quite an honor, man. So if you're in the area, come check it out. If you're not in the area, come check it out anyway. Drive. Take the ride. Come hang out with your radio buddy. Uh, if Utica doesn't work for you, I will be up in Vermont. I will be at the Spanked Puppy on Friday, January, excuse me, June the 17th from 4 to 6 p.m. We'll be doing a meet and greet after the show. We'll be hanging out, getting drunk. Uh, you know, we're going to be having, we're going to take a lot of car keys away from you Subaru drivers up in Vermont. We got to keep the roads safe because uh, this country is a mess and we don't need to contribute to that. Uh, we're going to be announcing more comedy dates over the course of July and August as well. So if you're out there, we're coming to see you. Come hang out. Right now, we're going to be hanging out with Miranda Devine, and she has a little more uh, to discuss in, as it pertains to Hunter Biden. So the story right now, just so you guys understand where we're at on this, it's kind of been a back page thing. Okay, gas is unaffordable. We're out of baby formula. We just had these two horrific mass shootings. People aren't really paying attention to the Hunter Biden story, but that doesn't make it inconsequential. Okay, he is still on trial in Delaware for tax evasion and is the subject of a major federal investigation. Now, I don't have any faith in the feds. Uh, I don't know that Attorney General Merrick Garland is going to give his own president's son the business. But I do know that they've just hired an army, okay, an absolute army of 30 lawyers that are now, according to CBS News, trying to blunt the impact of this Delaware investigation, meaning whatever happens to Hunter Biden in Delaware, This Hollywood entertainment lawyer has hired 30 other lawyers to blunt the political impact for Joe Biden, meaning there could be something bad coming. And the fear within the Biden White House is that the media doesn't have his back anymore because they don't need to have his back anymore. They just wanted to defeat Trump at all costs. That part worked out. But now that Biden is wildly unpopular, they're basically like, hey, old man, you suck. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fired up in this moment. Our long national nightmare is over. This guest is an all-time favorite on the program. She had been away. Uh, She is back. I'm going to try not to get emotional. Miranda Devine, back on the show. Hey, hey. Hey, Jimmy. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to hold it together. As you would imagine, I'm quite the wreck, having finally heard your voice again. I'm glad you'd be speaking. Now, you were over in <laughs> – thanks. You were over in Australia covering their elections. Am I right to believe that a country counted their votes in less than a month? Yeah, I know. It's incredible to recount that, actually. It was um, – we knew the results on the night of the election. Stop it, Miranda Devine. You stop it right now. Is that true? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Uh, I don't know how they do it. We're, they're still counting a Pennsylvania Senate race two weeks after it was run, isn't it? What a what a mess this country is. Hey, there's a lot more people here, though, to be fair. Yeah, there's that. But you know what? I would go out on a limb and say less people voted in Pennsylvania's Senate race than they did Australia's presidential election. Yes, that would be, that would be correct, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think... Uh, that during the pandemic, there were just too many changes made, too many rules bent. Yep. 
Oh no, there was. There's a lot of chicanery. If like I, I the two best election books I've read far and away, obviously, uh, your book Laptop from Hell, and if you read Molly Hemingway's book Rigged, it yeah, really breaks it down. Yeah, how at a state level they just basically like turned the board game upside down and started over with new rules. It was kind of crazy. But yeah, I, well, I don't want the Republicans let them do it. That's the bigger issue is that everybody yelling about the back end of the election needs to understand that most of the chicanery took place on the front end. And yeah. I think that's a lot of what your book focuses on is in laptop from hell. OK, we've got this whole hunter charade, which you and I have you know, discussed at great length. But what's going on in your latest column in the Post, and this is why I'm so glad to have you on to talk about it, is they're trying to kind of repurpose the hunter story around kind of the chain of custody of this laptop as opposed to the veracity of the emails. Is that what we're dealing with now? Yes. Look, it's sort of the fight back from uh, Hunter's new allies. He's got this um, this guy, very wealthy entertainment lawyer from Los Angeles, who uh, Hunter's uh, friends or former friends call his new sugar brother. And he's um, apparently paid more than $2 million or, or lent Hunter more than $2 million to pay back his taxes. You know, he's got this problem with this Delaware probe into his taxes and his overseas business dealings. So, uh, and, and also apparently um, this guy, Kevin Morris, is paying for Hunter's rent, $20,000 in that um, that Malibu uh, house. So, uh, Twenty thousand a month. So um, he, he's he's doing that, but at the same time he's mounting this kind of defence uh, for Hunter over the laptop uh, issues and kind of avenging him and trying to go after all his you know purported mm-hmm. enemies. And he's concocted this rather bizarre sort of conspiracy theory in which he's dragged in, you know, a whole bunch of the big names of the the Trump sort of orbit, people like uh, Roger Stone and um, uh, Rudy Giuliani and uh, so on, and also Hunter's former psychiatrist, Keith Abloh. Um, And He's he's just joined a whole lot of dots and added one and one and come up with ten, and that, and what he's trying to do though is muddy the waters and kind of flip the script on the whole scandal and say um, basically you can't trust anything you hear about what was on the laptop because the origin story is not is not true now. You know, it, we've already gone down this 18 months ago. Mm. We know what the chain of custody is of the laptop. Um, and and everything that this guy, Kevin Morris, has put out um, is just not factual. It's just wrong. I mean, maybe he's got something somewhere, but I, I've talked to him and uh, he doesn't seem to have a whole lot. And, you know, we published this this sort of mind map he's put together of all these dubious connections between all these nefarious characters and um, and it's all a big smoke screen uh, and yet he's never dealt with the actual content of the laptop. I mean, he knows that that is pretty damning about the Biden family's international influence peddling scheme. Yeah, it's fascinating. Well, maybe he got a contact high off Hunter. Is that possible? <laughs> Yeah, look, I I, th- I do think um, 
having you know spoken to him that he's he's quite an altruistic person really i mean you know he he has other motives too i'm sure but he seems to genuinely like hunter feel sorry for him um hunter does have that effect on people um he's you know seems like he's a lovable guy when you when you meet him and uh you know people feel sorry for him because of his addiction issues in the past and Mm -hmm. and also his tragic uh you know early life when he lost his mother and and his sister in a car accident mm-hmm. so uh, and then of course he lost his brother later on so i think he he's sort of this wounded soul and he brings out um a sort of maternal or in this case a fraternal instinct from mm-hmm. uh, from this kevin morris guy and um you know, Hunter's friends call him the sugar brother because he's like a sugar daddy. You know, he's a sugar brother and uh, he's a bro. And he's, he, he seems to just want to help Hunter. So I don't know what else he could be getting out of it, but it's a lot of money that he's spending. I mean, it, it's, you know, close to $3 million, I'm told. Wow, that's big numbers. Uh, Miranda Devine mm-hmm. is on the line, author of the best-selling book, Laptop from Hell. And we're talking about all things Biden, Inc. You know, what's interesting is the Washington Post, who went so far out of their way to kill your reporting in the run-up to the election, is now doing their own investigative piece on James Biden, old Jim Biden, who, as you detailed at great length, was a little more involved uh, in the business uh, than he's been willing to admit <laughs> to the press. No. Yes, and now that was fascinating. Today, the Washington Post uh, ran this very long piece about Jim Biden, and uh, you know they 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 actually open the piece with quotes from the laptop, and they say, "Oh, we've authenticated the emails that we've used in this piece." And they they use a lot of information from the laptop, uh, sort of conversations between Jim and Hunter Biden. And Uncle Jim, of course, was um, up to his neck in uh, this influence peddling scheme. He was both Hunter's business partner, but also his babysitter, checking him in and out of rehab, making sure he was sort of on the straight and narrow, uh, acting as a conduit between him and his father when Hunter was fighting with his father. Um, And uh, and Hunter sort of trusted Jim Biden more than anyone else, I think, in his life. Um, and so, but it's interesting, of course, the Washington Post can't help but spin, uh, you know, this story in the Biden favour, um, you know, talking about the Biden family grift and, and saying, you know, it just illustrates how Joe Biden's relatives have struggled to make a life in his political shadow. Um, I mean, it's actually the opposite, <laughs> that their entire business dealings, their entire kind of careers have been cashing in on their brother's political shadow. Yeah, that's that's such a good racket uh, because, they, as we know, they've, they're loaded. They've gotten rich. I mean, there was no world where an energy company needed Hunter Biden on their board were it not for the dad's business, you know, with the dad's political involvements. I mean, no one was sitting around in the boardroom going, hey, we need a guy addicted to crack who got thrown out of the Chateau Marmont for having too many hookers. <laughs> There's no such thing as too many hookers at the Chateau Marmont. We've tried, Miranda. We've tried. There's no such thing. Even Hunter was horrified that he could be thrown out of the Chateau Marmont. I think it was actually for drugs. Yeah, it was. Um, which is really says something. Do <laughs> you know anything about that place? Yeah, I know. That's what I was um, going to say. Every That's what James, uh, Belu- John Belushi overdosed. I mean, there's so many things. I mean, good gosh. If you know anything about Jim Morrison, he put up a, put up a lot of numbers. But I don't want to get distracted. Hold on really quick. Because <laughs> this is going to turn into an intervention for me really quickly. And I don't want it to. I'm still having, I'm having too much fun to quit now, Miranda. Stick with me. Um, <laughs> 
Is there a world, okay, because this is what I've hypothesized. We're starting to see, like, very minimal coverage of this Hunter story. But is there a world where in the run-up to the midterms and ultimately the 2024 election, where the media is going to want to strategically distance themselves from the Bidens the way they did the Cuomos? I mean, the Cuomos were the greatest guys in the world until they won the election, and then they were like, yeah, they got to go because they didn't want to be associated with this unpopular entity. Do you see a world where they really could full-blown turn on Joe Biden? Um, yeah, or discard him, maybe. Yes, I, I that's what I mean. I don't think that they would, would really turn on him. I think, you know, whatever happens, um, you know, whether Joe Biden uh, decides, you know, announces he's not going to run in mm-hmm. 2024 or whether the Democrats decide to somehow dislodge him early, uh, I think they will, you know, they and their allied media outlets will eulogise him and and valorise him and turn him into a great hero Uh, because really that's what matters most, I think, to the Bidens is this this sort of family image that Joe has spent his entire life um, creating, this myth of the Bidens. And and so I, I think he would accept... Uh, going off quietly into the night if he, you know, we're we're going to be painted as a great hero. (laughs) Well, I got to tell you, man, that's a, I I know Hunter's a great painting, but I don't, a great painter. I don't know anybody with the painting skills to paint that flattering portrayal of Joe Biden, but I don't doubt, I don't doubt that they'll try. Uh, One other question, Miranda, while we got you on the line, we're talking to the great Miranda Devine. Um, While you were overseas covering uh, Australia's political fortunes, uh, we did get some earth shattering news that Bill de Blasio is going to be running for Congress here in New York. Have you cut your first donation check yet? I mean, I just don't believe it. I just cannot believe that that guy has so much chutzpah. He's so shameless that he would show his face again, let alone try and run for office again. Everybody hates him. Um, He was a disaster. We are still dealing with the. I mean, we will be dealing for decades with the disaster of his, you know, reign in this city. And I mean, every time you walk down the street, you're reminded of him. Every time you see, you know, human waste on the. Yep. It's bad. Chaos and dysfunction and <laughs> the crime. It's his, it's his fault. I, I, I don't understand who, why doesn't someone in his family tell him <laughs> the truth, which is everybody hates him. Well, that's that's the thing. I I think on some level they know it. Okay, like, but we're living in the death of shame, where people just don't feel shame anymore. And those are De Blasio's only two skills. The only things he's been endorsed for on LinkedIn are killing the Staten Island groundhog and ruining the city. (laughs) Yeah, that poor groundhog. Seriously, it it doesn't doesn't look good on the resume when your only notable skill is groundhog homicide. So. Yeah, that that really that that homicide was emblematic of this entire regime, <laughs> and we should have realized because it was so early on. We should have just ended it there. <laughs> we should have read the warning signs, but we didn't. <laughs> Unbelievable. The groundhog tried to tell us. But I look forward to your next book, uh, Groundhog Handler from Hell. I think it's going to be epic. <laughs> We're all excited for your reporting. Uh, Miranda, you're the best. Welcome back. And, uh, you know, it wasn't the same without you. So good to have you back. We'll do it again soon, okay? Good on you. Thanks. You're the best. Take care. There she goes, the great Miranda Devine. Now, her take, slightly different from mine, because I said the media could flat out just turn on Biden or, you know, kind of discard him, is where I think this is ultimately going to go. And she alluded to the fact that they might discard him, but they'll try to do so in a manner that allows them to save face. I got to be honest with you. 
the media, having spent time in Washington, D.C. recently, you know, I told you I was at the correspondence dinner and uh, I got to hang out at all the cocktail parties and see how these people work. They do believe they do believe that they are doing an incredible job. They do believe that the Russia probe, the Mueller thing was journalism at its finest. They believe that like I, the people, who, the people running the media, the people leading the Democratic culture wars, man, they do believe that they're on the right side of everything, even though the Mueller probe ended in what should be considered humiliating fashion. If you told the world for three years there was Russian collusion, definitive proof of Russian collusion, that the president was going to leave the White House in handcuffs, and then the probe comes and goes and they have, like, literally nothing, you're supposed to be embarrassed, but nobody was. You know, and that's the one thing here with Biden is the people who stumped for Biden, maybe Miranda has a good point, is that they'll stop stumping for him. They'll stop trying to tell you, you know, he was great, but they won't do so in a manner that discredits themselves. They'll just kind of make him go away. You know, they say success has a thousand fathers. Failure is an orphan. Well, Joe Biden is, you know, an orphan when it comes to 2024. We know he's not running again. And it's going to be really hard with a straight face to say he did good for the country because the reality people are living is so much different than the reality the media is selling. Like, if you get out there and paint that picture, oh, Biden did great. Yo, inflation's at a 40-year high. Wasn't happening under the last guy. You know, the border has just seen an all-time overdose death record of fentanyl overdose deaths, poisonings, if you will. Wasn't at anything close to that level under the other guy. Gas was $2 a gallon closer under the other guy, as Biden likes to call him. And that's why this idea of, you know, Biden likes to say the MAGA king and ultra MAGA, mega MAGA, can't believe it's not MAGA. It doesn't end well for him. It was a branding exercise that ended in failure like everything else Biden did. Because when you bring up ultra MAGA or mega MAGA, you remind people of all the problems we didn't have under mega maximum strength MAGA. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. You're listening to the most addictive show on the radio. This is crack, rock cocaine. It isn't glamorous or cool or kid stuff. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Ho, girl. It is the bottom of the ninth here on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You didn't get enough. You want to hang with your radio buddy on the telly tomorrow. I am scheduled to be in America's newsroom. The great Bill Hemmer. I do believe Dana's on a much-needed vacation. You'll probably get a Julie Vandera sighting. Uh, Thursday, I am scheduled to be on the Faulkner Focus with the great Harris Faulkner. And Thursday night, Thursday night, you are probably going to see me on Tucker Carlson. Uh, I could even be competing in the final exam segment. I don't want to tell you too much, but you guys have the highest security clearance in the radio business. I tell you more than anybody. Why? Because you guys make this whole dang thing go. Really, though. I'm not, like, trying to get emotional. I'm not trying to have a moment. But so much is going on in my career right now that's just nuts. And it's only possible because you guys, there is a market for this. Like, I drove around in a taxi. 
I was like, man, I could get my hands on a radio show someday. I'm telling you I could. And I would just do it in this like really easy fashion where we'd tackle all the big issues, but we'd kind of have fun instead of being so angry and yelling and screaming. And, you know, we could write some silly song parodies and bring on our friends and talk about what dirtbags we are. And people would kind of respond to it. And, man, have people responded to it. So thank you for proving me right. It's one of the only good decisions I made while I was driving in taxi. But in my defense, I was sleeping like two hours a night, so I wasn't always in sound mind. Uh, you know, and you got to be careful these days because if you're not of sound mind, if you are in a place of cognitive decline, they'll make you run the country. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the, go, you know the you know the thing. Oh, what a mess it was. But I got to tell you, as we head into our big Wednesday episode of this show, the news cycle is just such a disaster. We're having this huge debate over gun stuff, you know, but the gas prices just broke an all-time high again today. You know, we were told March 31st when we cut into the strategic oil reserves, oh, the prices are going to continue to fall. That's what Joe Biden told us. No, oh, the prices are going to go down. <laughs> They're up $1.20 since then. I'm telling you right now, the only guy happy with the Biden presidency is the guy that sells the I did that stickers because that guy is now has them everywhere. Grocery stores, gas pumps. It's a mess. Let's go, Brandon. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.